got um, two readings for us this morning. First one is from uh, Jeremiah. It's on page 796. It's Jeremiah 33, verses 14 to 16. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll fulfill the gracious promise I made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I'll make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called, the Lord, our righteousness. Now, second reading, this is from Matthew's Gospel. This is on page uh, 980. And it's Matthew uh, chapter 13, uh, beginning at verse 31. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. So the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Let's pray. Father, as we consider your word, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, uh, that you would challenge us, that you would uh, teach us what we need to know to be more faithful uh, disciples of you, our Lord. Amen. So, as you all now know, we're in Advent. The season between two Advents the birth of Jesus, and the coming again of Jesus. And uh, as you all know, Advent comes from the Latin adventus, meaning arrival, the two arrivals. At his first arrival, Jesus came as a humble carpenter from Nazareth, unnoticed by the great empire of Rome. At his second arrival, he will return again in glory, and every knee shall bow before him, Kings and queens will lay down their crowns at his feet. This Advent season is a season of preparation, a season of reflection, a season of waiting. And it's a time, again, to renew our commitment to seek first the kingdom of God. Not to be ready to seek it at Christmas, but to seek it now in this time of waiting, in this time of preparation, in this time of getting ready. To seek first the kingdom of God in ordinary places and in ordinary ways. In that parable, Jesus talks about what the reign of God coming looks like. He speaks of the kingdom of heaven, the place where God rules. And he's not talking about uh, the eternal heaven, Uh, the distant heaven uh, to which we go when we die. But he's talking about God's reign, God's rule, being established in our earth, in our time, in our communities, in our lives. The kingdom is the place where the king reigns, where the king is in charge, where people see that the king reigns. 
as a church, we'll be putting a lot of time and effort into the celebration of Christmas. We've got our Christingle service next week. We've got beer and carols. We've got our carol services. We've got our Christmas services. We'll be going into uh, care homes. We'll be inviting schools in to come and uh, worship with us here. And that's as it should be. And in all those places and in all those time and in all those events, we'll be proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. That God has come and dwelt among us. That Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. But we'd be wrong to think that nothing is going to happen between now and then. That all we do is, is wait for that great celebration, that great explosion of, of witness and worship and testimony, and then we stop again. There is a, an ordinary time till we get there. And God is equally at work in the ordinary time as he is in the celebration. He's equally at work in the, the preparation as he is in the big event. And he's equally at work in the ordinary lives that you and I have as he is in the special lives that we read about, the lives of the saints. That should be a huge comfort for us. Because most of our life, 99% of our life, is ordinary. And most of our Christian life, 99% of our Christian life, is quite ordinary. Reading our Bibles, meeting in a small group, attending church, praying for one another, encouraging one another, serving where we can, Uh, witnessing where we get the opportunity. Jesus is talking about the mustard seed and the the leaven going through the dough reminds us that God is at work in these ordinary things. And that his work is uh, imperceptible, often invisible, uh, hard to spot. You have the tiniest seed, you you plant it and it grows. And the plant grows slowly. It grows steadily. You you hardly notice it. You walk past it day after day after day. You don't suddenly stop and go, my goodness, it's huge. But slowly and steadily and surely it it grows. The yeast works through the dough and works through the bread and gives life to the bread. It causes it uh, to rise. But you can't see it. It's invisible. And you only notice the results uh, later when you come uh, to eat the delicious bread. So it is with the kingdom of God. So it is with the rule and the reign of God. It's often hard to spot. It's often uh, present but but unobtrusive. We don't notice it. We can uh, so easily miss it. But God is truly at work in the lives of ordinary people doing ordinary things in ordinary churches like ours. The kingdom of God is found in the life of the the ordinary mum who she gets up, 
She quickly gets the children ready for school. Uh, they're late. They make their way to school. She drops them off. She gets home. She's just got a few minutes. She grabs a cuppa. She sits down. She reads the, reads the Bible. It's her few minutes to herself during the day. Her phone goes. She's got to be off. She has to put the Bible down. She leaves it. She runs out the door. And for the rest of the day, she's running around. She's at the toddler group, and she's talking to another mum. And the mum's sharing what's going on in her life. And she suddenly thinks back to that Bible passage. And there's a word of encouragement that she shares. It's not spectacular. It's not miraculous. But it's the kingdom of God at work. Dad gets up. He gets up early, gets up before everybody uh, uh, is up, and he leaves to work. He, he's at work all day. He's running from one meeting to the next to the next. Uh, difficult meetings, tough meetings, uh, meetings where he's got to make difficult decisions. He grabs his uh, sandwich at his desk, goes through the day. He gets home. He's absolutely shattered. He spends a few moments chatting with his wife, catching up uh, with the day, and then he looks at the clock and he realises he's got a PCC meeting. His heart sinks. His face drops. But he goes. And it's another meeting. It's been like the meeting has been in all day and they're dealing with a difficult problem, a difficult situation. And then he suddenly thinks, actually, do you know what? We could do this. And he unlocks it. And the church is able to move forward. And they're able to try a new venture or do something in a different way or, or see a problem in a different light. God's kingdom has broken through. Quietly, unobtrusively. Retired person wakes up in the morning, gets up, don't know what they do. Goes to the allotment, I don't know, visits the charity shop, whatever retired people do, you can tell me after. Remembers their elderly neighbour, their de- neighbour who's suffering a dementia, pops in, checks that she's all right, makes sure there's milk in the fridge, looks after her, makes sure that she knows they're next door and she can, she can call for help if she's worried about anything. Kingdom of God comes in a gentle way, a quiet way, an unobtrusive way. This Advent season reminds us that God is at work in the ordinary things, in the waiting and in the preparation, as much as he's at work in the spectacular things, in the great, uh, the great celebrations. Andrew Wilson, uh, who's a theologian and a pastor, He's written about God at work in the ordinary. And he says, remembering this can remind us of three things. And there are three things I'm going to uh, think about this morning. He says, remembering this helps us to avoid being distracted by the unusual. Or distracted by the exceptional. Life is ordinary. That's the nature of life. Of course, there are moments of great joy. Of course, there are moments of celebration. Of course, uh, there are moments of light and there are moments of dark. But to be honest, most of life is pretty ordinary. Most of church life is pretty ordinary. But we're shaped by a culture that values, puts enormous value on the exceptional, uh, the unusual. My kids um, 
uh, love, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. No, you don't watch it. So excited. Dad, it's got a new format. There's new challenges. There's new campmates. There's even a new way of voting. They've got an app. You can do things differently. I used to work in advertising. One of my uh, first uh, campaigns that I looked after was for um, Finnish uh, dishwasher tablets. They don't give you the important stuff early on, I can tell you. And uh, it's quite hard to sell dishwasher tablets. They're not glamorous. There's not a lot to them, really. You just put them in your dishwashing machine and they, they, clean, uh, they clean your um, plates. There was great excitement when we launched the Powerball. No longer a dishwasher tablet, but a dishwasher tablet with a little red ball in it. A Powerball. I looked uh, up this week to find out what other dishwasher tablets Finnish do now. It's been uh, nearly 20 years since I worked on that campaign. Well, there's not just Powerballs now. Now you've got Finnish uh, Quantum Max. You've got Finnish Quantum Max Regular. You've got Finnish Quantum Max Lemon. Finnish Apple and Lime. Finnish Power and Pure. And these are my two favourites. You've got Finnish all-in-one dishwasher tablet, which I presume has got everything in it because it's all-in-one. But if that's not enough for you, there's Finnish dishwasher all-in-one max. (laughs) What more could you need? And we buy it because we love this stuff, because it's shiny and it's new and it's different and it's sparkly. It's just like Christmas. And we've got to have it because it's new and exciting and it's different. But if we live for the exceptional, if we live for the out of the ordinary, uh, we live in a fantasy land. And we can start to feel like a failure when our life is ordinary by comparison. When the great breakthroughs uh, don't come when we struggle in the same way as our our friends and our neighbours struggle. And if we're not careful, we can become uh, cynical or burnt out. We can promise too much and not deliver. We can get weary. We need to uh, make sure we're not distracted by the exceptional. But have our hearts and our eyes and our minds on the prize. And the prize, of course, is the Lord Jesus. Secondly, we need to rejoice in the ordinary because in doing that we honour the power of the everyday. It's hugely countercultural, but this is how the kingdom of God grows. In the faithful, everyday witness of Christians like you and me with all our quirks and with all our hang-ups and with all our problems. Seed turning into a tree, slowly over time. A yeast spreading through a loaf. A lot of what happens in our lives isn't very memorable. You can't remember what you did yesterday, let alone what you did the week before, what you did a month ago. My children get home from school and I said to them, "Uh, what did you do today? And they say, I don't know. I don't remember. 
I say, what did you learn about today? And they say, stuff. I used to, um, used to be somebody at this church, I won't say who, you can, you can guess, but you, you might not guess it. But used to be somebody at this church who, um, who every Sunday would say to me, that was a fantastic sermon, um, that was great. And I'd go, oh great, thank you very much. And I think just to kind of humble me, they would say, of course, they'll have forgotten it by Monday morning. <laughs> Fortunately... My sermons don't have to be life-changing, amazing sermons that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. They just need to be enough for today. Bread for today, to get us through today for tomorrow. Don't despise the ordinary things, the everyday things, uh, what the um, Bible teachers or church historians used to call the means of grace. Ordinary Bible study. Ordinary small group, ordinary meeting with other Christians, ordinary trying to witness where you are when you can, ordinary trying to serve when you get the opportunity. Eugene Peterson, who um, uh, wrote the message translation of the Bible, uh, wrote a commentary on the Psalms. And he entitled that commentary after a quote uh, from the philosopher Nietzsche. And the quote is this. A long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. Meaning keeping going, keeping on, being obedient, taking a step forward, perhaps a small step, but a step forward each and every day. Trusting that God is at work in the ordinary places, the ordinary homes, the ordinary families like yours and mine. And finally, we need to uh, rejoice in the ordinary because it helps us to remember what the good news actually is. What is the good news of Christmas? What is the gospel that we celebrate? It's that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That the Son of God was incarnate of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit, and that he was born in an ordinary town, in an ordinary street, looked after by an ordinary girl and her fiancé. What's the good news of the gospel? That Jesus, when he began his ministry of preaching and teaching and a miraculous, incredible ministry it was, what did people say? Isn't this Jesus? Isn't this Jesus of Nazareth? Isn't this Jesus, Joseph's son? Isn't this the ordinary Jesus? Of course, Jesus' life is far from ordinary. It's utterly transformative. It changes everything. Jesus begins his ministry by turning water into wine. He brings dead people back to life. The blind see, the lame uh, walk. He says there's a light shining in the darkness. And Jesus says that this power, this life, is available to you and I as well. And he tells us how we can receive this life, and how we can grow in this life, and how we can be changed by this life.
tells us in John chapter 15, I am the vine. You're just the branches. Rest in me and you'll be fruitful. The fruit depends on him and resting in him. Ordinary people, every day, trusting in Christ. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. I've done it. I've done it all. Receive the gift. Now, none of this is to undermine prayer or mission, or social justice, or worship, or loving our neighbours, or all the activities and programmes and special events and special things on that we put on in our church. Of course not. But it's to remind us that God is at work in all of life, every part of life. The 99% of life that doesn't touch on church, that's not involved in a church activity. It's to remind us that there are opportunities uh, to serve and to give and to uh, witness and to receive in all of life, not just in the, the churchy bits of life. It's to remind us that we don't need to live as though uh, the next uh, programme, the next event at St Giles, uh, the next initiative, the next big plan, as though those things are the next big thing. Of course we're always doing new things and rolling out new things and that's good and it's good that we we take part of that and we try uh, new things and we we pioneer new things. Of course that is good. But in the grand scheme of things, they're not the next big thing. As Advent reminds us, from God's perspective, there's just one next big thing and that's the return of of the Lord Jesus. That's the biggest thing. That's the big thing that will uh, bring to an end all the other uh, little things that will draw history to a close. The question for Advent is, how do we live in the light of that? How do we live waiting for that? How do we live in preparation for that? And Peterson's uh, right. A long obedience in the right direction. We live day by day, seeking, serving, praying, witnessing, encouraging, uh, being challenged. Each and every day, we seek first the kingdom of God. Many of you uh, will be uh, buying advent calendars, um, be starting those in in a day's time, And uh, I know there's much grumbling about Advent calendars these days. I know some traditionalists who uh, hate the fact that now you open the the little door and there's a chocolate behind every day. Every day. Not just on Christmas Eve, not just on Christmas Day, but every day there is a chocolate. I think that's great. Because I like to steal them from my children. And three children, there's a chance you're going to get one at least now and again. Uh, But in in another way, it's a reminder that Advent, although it's about anticipation, although it's about hoping, although it's about looking forward, it's not as if God is on hold until then. 
It's not as though he can't be found until then. It's not as though his kingdom isn't coming until then. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus encouraged us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, this day on earth as it is in heaven. Let's bow our heads in prayer. So, Father, as we enter a busy season, busy season in the life of our church, lots coming up, lots of good things to celebrate, a busy season in our, in our homes, in our families. Lord, we pray that we'd not lose sight of you and not lose sight of your kingdom. And that we would seek first your kingdom and your will for us in all things. Lord, help us to rejoice in the ordinary, not to be uh, distracted by the tinsel and the celebrations. Show us what it means for each of us to seek your kingdom and to put you first in all things. Help us to live our ordinary lives to your praise and glory. Amen.